All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Assembly uh, Minority Leader Will Barkley. I want to thank uh, all my colleagues for being here. Uh, I want to thank Tom O'Mara and the Republican Senate Conference uh, for once again joining us uh, for this press conference. And obviously, I want to thank our guests uh, for being here. Here we are in January of 2023, and we're back talking about public safety and crime. Uh, I don't know if many of you saw just today, Sienna came out with a poll that said 93% of all New Yorkers are concerned about crime. We're not surprised by that. This is something that both the Republicans in the Senate and the Assembly have been hammering on for the last few years. And one thing that's gotten in my craw is we keep saying criminal justice reforms. We refer to these as reforms. And I don't know about all of you, but when I think of a reform, I think of things that you do to make something better. You reform something that was bad to make it better. And unfortunately, with these criminal justice reforms, whether you call it bail reform, raise the age, etc., they actually are making things worse. Because of these reforms, we've compromised public safety, we've undermined law enforcement's ability to do their job, and we hamstrung judges by stripping away their ability to keep uh, imprisoned violent criminals without bail. And then so far, after two years, we've been ignored. But we kind of, we're not surprised as a political business. Unfortunately, law enforcement's been ignored. Criminal justice officials have been ignored. But maybe most tragic, most tragic, and we're going to hear from one, the victims have been ignored. And once in a while, we do hear from the majorities about this criminal justice reforms. And what they say is, oh, that's this fear-mongering. Everybody's just fear-mongering about that. So I just want to give you a few statistics, and you tell me if this is fear-mongering. From 2019 to 2022, New York City shootings rose by 66%. Murders that same time period in New York City rose by 37%. Does that sound like fear-mongering? In Syracuse, shootings are up 71%. In Buffalo, Homicides are up 45%. In Rochester, during the same time period, homicides are up 124%. Now, I wish I could say now it's just limited to these terrible tragedies that are happening out on our streets. But another bit of statistics that I just saw recently, finally some of this stuff's coming out now that we're into this criminal justice reforms after a few years. But we're seeing what's happening to cases in courts. In New York City, from the period of 2019 to 2022, dismissals of cases rose from 44% to 69%. Statewide, dismissals are up 14%. And even more amazing, almost if you commit a misdemeanor in New York State, you're not going to get prosecuted. Misdemeanors, dismissal of misdemeanor cases in New York State have gone from 49% back in 2019 to 82%, 82% in 2022. So, something's happening out there, obviously. The public's aware of it. 
I was pleased at least the governor acknowledged it in her state of the state. The only people that aren't seem to be willing to acknowledge the problem and willing to answer and address the problem are the majorities in both the Senate and the Assembly. So in order to bring a little bit more light to this, it was my pleasure to introduce my good friend and colleague to speak for the Senate Republicans, Senator Tom O'Mara. Thank you, uh, Leader Barkley. Uh, I'm standing in today uh, for our Republican leader of the Senate, Rob Ort, uh, who has been delayed uh, in getting here, unfortunately. Um, you know, I wholeheartedly concur in the comments of Leader Barkley. Here we are at the end of January uh, in this session, and not one piece of legislation has moved forward to support crime victims or to crack down on criminal activity in New York State. Leader Barkley explained the statistics as to where we are. The majorities, the extreme, downstate-dominated Democrat majorities of both houses of this legislature, since they retain control of both houses with supermajorities, have done nothing but diminish criminal responsibility, not look out for the rights and concerns of victims, and are creating chaos in our streets and in our prisons. There is a complete lack of criminal responsibility in so many ways with the bail reform and the discovery reform that was done, much of which, I can tell you, as a former prosecutor, was an assistant DA right out of law school in Manhattan, and I was an assistant DA and the district attorney in Chemung County following those years. Most a good portion uh, of the reforms of bail and discovery could have reasonably and rationally been done without the consequences that we've seen here. But it's the extremes that are controlling both houses of the state legislature that go too far and have gone too far. We've seen it in our prisons with the HALT legislation. That in addition to the statistics, Leader Barkley listed off, in our prisons, 35% increase in assaults on inmates and on correctional staff by inmates in our facilities with no consequences. Raise the age. We are seeing a significant increase in victimization of teens. But every bit as concerning is the increase in the perpetrators of those crimes who are youth, who are being protected and not held accountable by policies such as raise the age. It's making our streets less safe, and it is turning teens into more and more violent criminals as the responsibility just is not there. We are seeing in our streets every day the consequences of having no consequences for criminal activity. We've seen it over and over again. Parole reform, getting inmates out of prison sooner, having little to no oversight and certainly no ramifications of those parolees that don't follow the terms of their, their parole, not getting violated, not getting sent back into prison for criminal activity. This has to turn 
we have to turn the direction in the state for public safety. There are a lot of reasonable and rational things that we can do to help improve, improve the situation that we have. At this point, I would like to turn it over to Senator Alexis White to speak to us. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you, Senator O'Mara and Leader Barkley, for co continuing to make public safety a priority. We will not stop being a strong voice in support of law enforcement, in support of victims, and in supporting the reversing of the dangerous slap-on-the-wrist crime policies from our colleagues across the aisle. And no matter what the Democrat, co our, no matter what our Democrat colleagues and the governor say, it is an absolute fact that. Crime is, is rising across our state and throughout our communities. I'm the wife of a police officer and the proud mother of a police officer, so this is an issue that is truly personal to me because I know the challenges and the dangers they face on a daily basis. I'm proud to be joined by members of law enforcement from my own community, so thank you to the Suffolk County PBAs for joining us. Nassau County, I think, got stuck in the snow, but we thank them for their efforts as well. And you should know that we stand, uh, thank you for standing with us today, and know that we will always stand up with you and for your interests. And we all thank, and thank you and appreciate what you do, but you, we know that you need more than that from us. You need action. Action to make sure you can continue to do your job safely and effectively. Action to provide you the tools and resources to ensure you're able to get the most dangerous criminals off our streets. These conferences standing here today are serious about public safety and are committed to supporting our law enforcement officials. Unfortunately, our colleagues in the majorities continue to champion slap-on-the-wrist crime policies that put all New Yorkers at risk and make the jobs of law enforcement more difficult than they already are. A safer New York is a main component of the Senate Republican Rescue New York Plan, a plan filled with common-sense proposals based on the concerns we heard straight from our constituents to make our state safer, stronger, more affordable, and more free. In communities all throughout the state, murder is up, illegal crime, uh, gun crime is up, hate crimes are up, and when crimes increase, so does the number of victims. It's clear that our colleagues put the interests of criminals over the rights of victims, and we're here today to say enough is enough. We stand with victims, and it's time that our colleagues do as well. We've been beating the drum about these disastrous policies, bail reform, discovery reform, halt, since they were first passed, but our calls for change have been ignored, they've been downplayed, and they've been mocked by the people who passed them. Even as crime goes up and we, and we are seeing more victims than ever, the majorities of the legislature continue to double down on their slap-of-the-wrist crime policies, like Clean Slate and so many others, that will continue the dangerous trajectory that we're on. Now is the time. We are here to demand that the Democrat majorities make public safety a priority. We, need, we stand with law enforcement as they do their dangerous jobs to protect us. We stand with victims and law-abiding New Yorkers. We need to end the dangerous reforms that have made our criminal justice system a revolving door. It's time to restore common sense and public safety and rescue New York. Thank you.
And at this time, I'd like to be—I'd uh, like to introduce Assemblyman Robert Smullen. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Tammy Patrick, whose father, John Lee of Gloversville, was brutally murdered at his home by an alleged criminal who was released without bail after trying to strangle a man less than 24 hours before. The sudden loss of one's father is a wound that cuts deep. Even worse, it could have been prevented. The criminal justice system is breaking down in my community. Changed through so-called bail reform laws under one-party rule and championed by progressive Democrats in this legislature. And now, crime has dramatically spiked across our state because our elected judges in upstate New York are not allowed to do their jobs with judicial discretion. New York is the only state in our country that does not give judges the discretion to remand defendants in pretrial detention or attach an ankle monitor, even if the defendant is deemed dangerous to society. So now the damage has been done, and a billion dollars for more mental health treatment will not bring our victims back to life. These ill-conceived bail reform laws were developed by Democrats who are trying to fix an unseparate but unequal criminal justice system in New York City, which is of their own making. And now we suffer the consequences in my community, less than a mile from my own home. Law and order and common sense requires that repeat offenders should not be roaming our streets. We need to put those criminals in jail who are currently running around our state unchecked by these unjust bail laws. No family should have to experience what Tammy Patrick and her family have gone through. And Navy veteran John Lee's memory should not be in vain. It's time to repeal these reckless bail laws. And now it's time to hear from Tammy Patrick herself, a victim of these laws. Good afternoon. On June 9th, 2022, my family faced an act of violence that we'd never imagined would happen to us. The suspect was released without bail just hours before and back on the street to cause fatal damage. Before midnight, he entered my parents' yard and was there for at least 40 minutes. It is suspected that he started a fire in a back shed to lure my dad out of his home. Once my dad came out to retrieve the hose and extinguish the fire, the suspect then attacked my dad, stabbing him many times and, cu and cutting his throat causing the end of life. According to the evidence, my dad did not go without a fight. And I'm sure it was to protect the love of his life, my mom. With that, now I'd like to tell you about my dad. He worked hard all of his life to provide for his family. He loved his wife of 48 years, daughters, grandchildren, and great-grandchild with all his heart and soul. He was our protector, our mentor, 
our problem solver, and the one who always made us laugh and appreciate life. He was so many things to so many, and his loss has been felt with great anguish and pain. On June 17th, we would have celebrated his 78th birthday, uh, enjoying cake and ice cream like we always do for all the birthdays. We would, have had, we would have celebrated Father's Day with our annual barbecue, but instead, we were burying my dad. It is time to give the discretion back to the judges and keep violent criminals off our streets. Thank you, Senator Tedisco, for sponsoring this, this bill. If this had happened before, my dad would be with us today. Although nothing will change for my family, I'm hoping to save other families from the trauma and the grief that we have experienced. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Um, heart-wrenching, uh, heart-wrenching, and, and that's uh, unfortunately the type of thing that far too many New Yorkers have had to experience uh, in recent years as a result of many of these uh, just uh, irrational changes to our criminal justice system. Um, with that, we'll uh, wrap it up and open it up to any questions. Governor Vogel has proposed uh, ending the least restrictive standard when considering bail for uh, serious criminal charges. I'm wondering if you think that would have any sort of effect on the person. I don't think that's enough. Is it a step in the right direction? Small step, I believe. I don't think that's going to be enough uh, to reverse this dangerous trend that we have going on today. I agree with Senator Mayor, and of course we can do a lot more. One very common sense uh, change that might have prevented the tragedy that happened we heard about here today is giving judges discretion to keep dangerous offenders uh, locked up without bail. That was some of this change. Other states allegedly did bail reform, had made that change. Why we're refusing to do that in New York continues to be a mystery. Next question. Could you? Uh, Explain to what extent are you looking to repeal some of these reforms passed by opening Democrats, and to what extent are you looking for kind of a system that's new and not returning to the past? Well, let me say this. Interestingly, the one thing that some Democrats have understood that this isn't continued. By the way, we have made changes to bail over the last three years. In our minds, they just don't go far enough. Uh, so it's not, you know. It's not just us saying it for political reasons. Uh, even Democrats, you know, more moderate Democrats understand, and maybe the former government understood that some changes need to be made. I don't think anybody standing here, and that's what my point about reform was, I don't think anyone says we have to be completely static, continue the status quo all the time. The problem that we have in Albany is the progressives, particularly from the city, are very extreme to the left. They're, not the, they're the ones that aren't willing to compromise. I think we're always being open to a system that's just and fair. No one's against that. But unfortunately, with the initial implementation of both bail reform, raise the age, and some of the other bills that uh, Senator O'Mara mentioned, they start way, way, way to the left. So to get them back into moderation is taking you know, a tremendous amount of effort to do. But we're going to continue to do what we do here today, bring terrible stories. Uh, to light so people understand how this is affecting real New Yorkers and hopefully we'll get change. Next question. Josh. Uh, hey, Josh. Would you prefer 
would it be sufficient uh, to limit it to judicial discretion for repeat offenders, for people who are coming in with an open or prior case, or are you looking for judicial discretion on all offenses? I think we need judicial discretion on all uh, offenses. Uh, just because it's somebody's first offense, somebody that is clearly off the rails and a danger, doesn't really matter whether this is his first time or not. It's what is he going to do within 24 hours of being released that we just heard about uh, here. Uh, so our judges need the discretion. And, you know, let's set up a review um, process at, at the appellate division, the East Appellate Department, any number of ways to have a faster and more thorough bail review process, rather than just saying no bail, let's make sure that the bail that's set is reasonable and rational based on the individual, the crime that was committed or alleged to be committed, uh, and, and based upon the, the individual situation uh, of that defendant at that point in time. Because uh, just because it might be their first arrest doesn't mean that they're not uh, a clear and dangerous uh, um, threat to others in our communities. Yeah, let me just add one thing, you know, what uh, Senator Romero said, you know, interestingly about judges, in the past when we looked at Rockefeller drug laws, they wanted to give the discretion back to judges. For now, for some reason, they don't want to give the judges any discretion. And I like what Tom had to say, unlike when they pass bail reform, raise the age, etc., they didn't take in any thoughts from law enforcement. They didn't go ask judges. If they had, they would have gotten the answer saying, this is way too extreme, we shouldn't go this far. And now you're seeing, even here in Albany with the uh, DA Soros, who's hardly a, uh, is that his name right? Soros. Soros, excuse me, uh, is hardly a conservative Republican. Even he says bail reform needs to continue to be reformed. So uh, it's not just Republicans saying it. Um, I, I know good portion of it still being okay, especially for low-level offenses. Do you think that judges should have judicial discretion on low-level Well, that's a, that's a good question. I think we're open to anything, but we're, we're going to do different than what the Democrats did is we're going to listen to the professionals on it. Again, there's always middle grounds on this. And again, I don't think we're so hard in the sand that we will only take all or no, you know, and take nothing. Uh, we're open to it. But we know the current system's not working. We know 93% of New Yorkers don't think the current system's working. So something has to change. Next question. On the LaSalle nomination, uh, for the Republicans here, Senator Mara, would you expect your conference members to vote in favor of Justice LaSalle if that were to come to the full court for a vote? And how much of the opposition do you think is being stirred here over the LaSalle nomination due to this broader favor from justice? Um, I, I don't expect our members to vote one way or the other uh, on Judge LaSalle. Uh, and, you know, I'm not here to speak for Leader Ort directly, but I don't believe he does either. Uh, so what our position is, and, and still is, and has been all along, is that this should be considered on the floor of the Senate by the full Senate. The deck was stacked in this process. The majority added four members to the Judiciary Committee, three Democrats and one Republican. Two of those three Democrats appointed had already publicly declared that they were a no vote to Judge LaSalle. The third one that was added also voted no 
uh, after the hearing. Uh, so it clearly was a stacked deck. Uh, it was, a, frankly, a kangaroo court that was set up to fail. I think the Senate Democrats think this is their appointment. It's not. This is a gubernatorial appointment. Uh, and I think our position still remains today that it should come to the floor for consideration by every senator in the New York State Senate. Do you feel that the, the governor, in, in light of the LaSalle nomination and its failure to pass the Judiciary Committee, do you feel like bail and criminal justice reforms is the next test about whether Democratic lawmakers are determining you know, policy making here or the governor? I would put it as the next test. We'll see what she can do. The way we're going to get this done is the governor has to spend some of her political capital to get it done. Unfortunately, both the Senate and the Assembly, we're in the minority. We can't do it other than we have the bully pulpit and bring poor victims like this to the forefront so New Yorkers know what's going on. But ultimately, she's going to have the power, particularly during the budget process, but even outside the budget process, she's got to use some of her political capital to get this done. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.